You're listening to All In, a women's sports podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome, everyone, to All In, WFUV's women's sports podcast. I'm Julia Moss, and it is my favorite time of the week. It's the time we record All In, and I'm joined in here today by Taylor Massetta and Annabelle Watson. We have a lot to get to today. We're going to start out with some NWSL talk, preseason starting. We're going to make some bold predictions, and then we're going to move over to the trade that happened with Abby Ursag and Carson Pickett being traded to Racing Louisville in exchange for Emily Fox. I know I have a lot of opinions about that. And then we're going to talk about Portland Thorns firing a couple of staff members, athletic trainer and assistant coach. We're going to get into that. And then we're going to shift over to the WNBA. Derricka Hamby was traded from the Aces to the Sparks, and the reasons behind that are definitely not great. We're going to get into that. And then we're going to finish some WNBA talk with Brianna Stewart, fighting for charter planes, willing to contribute her NIL uh, NIL money and a ton of other WNBA players and an NBA player um, have joined in the fight to make that happen. And then we're going to finish off with some fun Oscar and movie talk. The Oscar nominations were just released and I am a huge movie person. So any chance to talk about movies on All In, I am always going to take. But before we get into things, Taylor, Annabelle, how are you guys doing today? Julia loves cinema. I do. <laughs> Glad to hear it. You know, <laughs> It's been a kind of a tiring week. Classes have kind of been full swing, just been practicing and just like, I'm exhausted. I think I need to get a little more than like seven hours of sleep at this point. But you know, other than that, can't complain. I'm excited to get into the talk right now. Yeah, I'm always super excited to be in the studio with you guys. I feel like a lot of our topics today are really important and about social justice issues and equality issues. So I'm excited to get to those and really have a great discussion with you guys. Me too. Well, let's get into it. The NWSL preseason is getting getting started training's about to get going there's still some free agents i haven't signed that i'm really interested to see how it shakes up we're not going to get too far into it but tobin heath um is rumored she is going to angel city which uh this is my surprise face <laughs> um <laughs> that does, it doesn't shock me at all um it's really just a matter of um of it being officially announced but with preseason starting it's i say it's a perfect time to make uh an ungrounded bold prediction that will likely not hold up whatsoever so let's get into it taylor what is your nwsl bold prediction for this upcoming season Uh, see this is tough for me but honestly i think angel city is gonna go all the way no way i you know with their first number with their number one pick they got um Alyssa Thompson, they're going to build the team around her. I mean, they were just an expansion team last year, so, like, they're still very new to, like, the NWSL. But I think, like, now that they're getting all these players, if they can get Tobin Heath, like, that, it, I think they're going to make it really, really far. I actually agree, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, Kristen Press is coming off of her ACL injury. That was a huge thing. It's a huge reason they, they didn't perform to, like, their, their peak potential last season because she tore ACL pretty early in the season. But having Kristen Press back, having Alyssa Thompson, Having potentially Tobin Heath, and, and of course there's others in that list as well, Angel City is making themselves a pretty a pretty solid contender. Going all the way, 
I mean, it's the nature of the of the segment, bold prediction. Um, but I, I don't hate it. Annabelle, what do you have? Um, so before we started recording, I spoke to Julia about my bold prediction, and I was afraid that it was a little bit too negative. So I kind of hope this doesn't come true just for her own uh, own sake. But my bold prediction is that uh, Kansas City Currents Michelle Cooper is not necessarily going to thrive this season. She's very young. She left Duke early, um, and now she's joining a team with a lot of high-profile pro- names like Dabina and Morgan Gotrat. And, you know, I'm, I believe she's my age. She's, like, <laughs> 19 or 20. Um, yeah. So... I do like I can definitely buy into her talent. I think she's a very talented soccer player, but I think that when you're joining a team with huge hope high profile names and you're also so young and you're going from a college environment to a professional environment so quickly, I think that there's definitely room for you to sink and um that definitely could happen to Michelle Cooper. Um I hope it won't, but <laughs> I want to see her thrive, but right. But I think there's a huge possibility she doesn't. Yeah, and with any any drafted uh, soccer player, there's always going to be in any professional making the jump from college to professional is always there's always a learning curve mm-hmm. that's going to happen. And you make a really good point about um, the players they currently have. It'll be interesting to see how that that turns out. But my my bold prediction, guys, <laughs> drum roll here, please. Gotham FC will finish the season placed above the Portland Thorns. So whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I have a reason. I have a reason. I think with the World Cup happening this year, so it's this summer. There's going to be a lot like what makes the Portland Thorns the Portland Thorns. Like their identity is not going to be there. I mean, mm-hmm. Becky Sauerbrunn, Crystal Dunn. Um, I'm blanking on the other like twelve. Sophia Smith. Like they just have so many international players on that team. Christine Sinclair. Like all of their good players are not going to be there. And well, it's a good problem to have to have so many players who are good enough to make their international squads. This season in particular, I think Portland is going to struggle a little bit. Um, they didn't make a huge impact in the draft to, to replace that. And I don't know how confident I am in their in, in what is left once those players leave. And I think Gotham, it's the opposite thing. I think their their squad they have without international players is really, really good. I mean, really the only U.S. players are... Well, now actually, it's kind of a lot because we've uh, gotten a lot of acquisitions this this uh, off season. But without Christy Mewis, Mitch Purse, Kelly O'Hara, and now Lynn Williams, I think we still have a good we have a good squad. And I think when all is said and done, I'm not going to make a prediction of where each team will finish. Mm-hmm. But I will say I think Gotham will finish above Portland, which would probably be the first time that's happened, maybe ever. Um, definitely before. Uh, Definitely not since they've changed to Gotham, maybe when they were sky blue. Um, I don't think that's ever happened, but I think it will happen this season. So really bold predictions, guys. I'm really impressed. I think uh, the chances of all three of us coming true, not very likely. <laughs> but one of them hitting, I think I think it could yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, but moving forward, the North Carolina Courage have traded their captain, Abby Urseg, and U.S. Women's National Team player, Carson Pickett, to Racing Louisville in exchange for Emily Fox. And when I read this trade, I was dumbfounded. I was not, first of all, not expecting this from either team. And, I mean, that's pretty much where it ends for me. I mean, Louisville drafted Emily Fox to be their their core going forward. So I'm really confused on, on Louisville's part how they thought, you know, getting rid of Emily Fox was what was best for their team. Because for me, when I think of Louisville, I think of Emily Fox because that's, I mean... 
when they came in and as an expansion team, that was their first franchise player. And I know that was just a couple seasons ago, but it's quick for them to be giving away that player. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I just don't really understand with all of these trades going on. I just couldn't help but feel really bad for Urseg. Like, she's, she, she said she's shocked and absolutely super disappointed by this move. Like, she was openly questioning the courage, like, a couple weeks ago with, like, yeah. the trade and stuff. So a small part of me is, like, is this retaliation against the captain? And she's 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 stuck with the club through the thick and thin, through the 2021 firing of Paul Riley. She was the captain in their 2018-2019 championship. So just to kind of, like... I don't want to say, like, throw her aside because she's still going to, like, another team. It's just, like, I don't know. It just feels like a bit of a betrayal. And it's just – I'm, like, confused with the Louisville move, too. I'm not sure. Like, you need to let your players develop on this team. And, like, if you're just going to trade her away to a new squad, like, wh- And what Emily are you Fox doing? is already great. Like, that's the thing that gets me is that, like, she's developing and she's already great. She's ar- I mean, she's on every U.S. Women's National Team roster already. And she's only a couple seasons in. I don't, I don't understand. No, exactly. And now with, like – well, how is she going to fare on the courage? Because like a lot of people are just questioning how the courage is really going to. They're they're rebuilding their entire squad, and my concern with them is that they're more focused on like getting the players to rebuild rather than developing them. Like it's just like a whole new squad, and I'm just like, I really hope like it might take a couple years for them to like completely develop. But like who knows? Maybe they're going to trade them all away. Like. <laughs> Yeah. So cl- yeah, so confusing. Definitely a very hasty decision, I would say. But it seems like the Courage kind of have a track record with this. Um, and so I think that they have to definitely take a new approach approach I don't I don't understand what this approach is because as Taylor said you have to let your players develop you can't just trade them away at the snap of a finger and you know Craig Urseg Urseg was with the courage for a while but still I don't I don't know why you would kind of like just throw away that core why don't you let other players develop around her it's just kind of an interesting model um and it definitely makes me feel really bad for her because she clearly loved that team. Um, obviously, it kind of went sour at the end, but it's definitely a very interesting situation. And, you know, hopefully the courage can kind of build from the bottom up and kind of develop those younger players and let them stay for a little while longer. But definitely a, an odd situation. And, like, another thing that kind of breaks my heart about this all, like, Ursic retired from, like, international duty to focus mm-hmm. on her club commitments and now for her to just be, like, kind of just, like, thrown out of there. And it was not a shared intention between the club and Ursig. Like, she had no idea this was really going to happen. So, like, you kind of sacrifice, like, that international play, like, going all across mm-hmm. the world for this team and only for the team to kind of just, like, spit you back out. Right. It's just disappointing. Yeah. And when I first – it was like both of these teams woke up and chose violence here. Like, <laughs> I – like I said before, I don't understand it from either perspective. Um, I think a lot of people, when they saw this trade go through, they were like, oh, Carson Pick, I'm not Carson Pick, but Abby Urseg definitely requested this because of what she said before. But then she posted a picture saying, no, I didn't want this. I'm heartbroken. I'm surprised, which makes the decision even worse. Like you had this player. And like you said, Taylor, stuck through this thick and the thin one championship with North Carolina was there for last season through all that. And it, just the pinnacle of leadership I think she's really what held that North Carolina team together especially last season um but you know hopefully she she finds her place in Louisville hopefully I mean Emily Fox Emily Fox is going to be an instant contributor wherever she goes and especially on this North Carolina team that really what the biggest thing I can compare it to is an expansion team at this point I mean they've made so many moves none of these players know each other 
the, they have no identity, absolutely no identity going forward into this next season. I think Emily Fox can can kind of be the tape and the hole here that we're seeing that uh, North Carolina is is dealing with. She's the flex tape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> flex tape. I don't I don't know. I think she's really young to be a leader, and I think they're going to expect her to step into that leader role because maybe I'm forgetting someone. But when I'm looking at this North Carolina Courage team, I don't know who who that voice in the locker room is going to be. So, I mean, overall thought on the trade is interesting to say the least, for both sides. But we are going to move forward here. The Portland Thorns have fired their athletic trainer, Pierre Soubri- Soubrier, and uh, their assistant coach, Sophie Clough. Uh Really, really upsetting on both fronts, and for very different reasons. Pierre gave medication that contained codeine to players with no... Sub- with no uh, they didn't have a subscription for it. This is both a federal and a state law that he broke, so... You know, he could actually go to prison for this. And and another detail of this that makes this more messy, if it wasn't messy enough, is that he is currently married to U.S. Women's National Team player Crystal Dunn, who is also who is also on the Portland Thorns. So I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I definitely want to hear from you guys first. I feel like whenever the Thorns are back in the news, like it's just something new, like just some new sort of controversy. I was reading it and I just could not believe my eyes about this, like. Codeine's used as a painkiller for like what, like mild and moderate pain. Mm-hmm. What happens if your players get hooked on it? Right. That was what I couldn't get out of my head. I'm like, you are giving this to all these athletes, and I don't know if they knew. Were they? Did they know they one were taking pla- it or not? One player claimed that she didn't know, so that yeah. is what makes it like that's awful. That is absolutely a. Crime. You can't be giving that strong of a painkiller to people without their consent. Honestly, you should not. Be, it's. You should, Find another method. It, it's so <laughs> a legal dangerous. one, maybe. Like, yeah, <laughs> opioids are no joke, and I just couldn't believe that that that's the way you're treating your athletes. So, part of me, I'm glad he's out of there. Like, they need. I think the Fords just need a complete staff revamp. <laughs> from my eyes, it's just. Oh yeah. yeah. I I just what I I could not believe what I was reading when I yeah, was. Yeah, I mean this. the the issue is is I could believe it because we've yeah. seen. I mean, as far as. This is an absurd statement that is unfortunately true. As far as the news that we've seen break from the NWSL, somehow illegally giving out coding to players is somehow kind of like one of the more tamer things we've seen, which is, you know, embarrassing look on the league. And I feel like every time the NWSL takes a step forward, something brings them back. And until we get a whole season without a scandal, which should be par for the course, it should be the norm, is to have a whole season mm-hmm. without a scandal like this breaking, the NWSL is not going to be able to separate themselves no matter how long the the abuse allegations go back. You know, as long as there is a scandal that's happening, people are going to look at their past. So they can't separate themselves from that until they actually have, like, room of separation that's clean. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely really sad to see. This reminds me of um, in 2019 when the Los Angeles Angels player Tyler Skaggs died because an employee was giving him drugs and it led to um, him passing away from an overdose. And, you know, when I hear things about hear things like this, it reminds me of Tyler Skaggs. And, you know, I would hate to see something like that happen again. And it's especially so scary that he he was doing it without their consent. And, you know, Julia, as you said, with the thorns, it seems like this is almost like the lesser of so many evils, right. which is 
like that shouldn't be happening. An absurd statement. That's true. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think that when you have such a new league like this in a in a women's league to have this huge cloud hang over one of the teams, especially a prominent team like the Thorns, it's really sad to see that you know this is why they're in the the NWSL is in the news. You know, we want the NWSL to be in the news for good reasons, but it seems like with everything that's happened with the Thorns, the they're in the headlines because of stuff like this. And really that shouldn't be happening. And hopefully they can get through a season without another incident like this, which again is kind of an insane statement. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact we don't know if that's going to happen right. is, is crazy. And um, yeah, he hasn't made a statement as far as what he's going to do or as far as um you know his thought process going into this he he just hasn't he hasn't spoken on it and uh, the portland thorns have fired him terminated him and reported him i'm not sure what the exact um what what the board is called but they've reported him to the board so uh, it's pretty clear he won't have another job within you know giving him the chance to do this again um as far as if he's going to prison that's Mm -hmm. that's a another great question uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the legal proceedings of this plays out, but I wish I could say that was it. That was the only thing that has the only news from the Portland Thorns this week that raises concern, but it is not. Assistant coach Sophie Clough was fired for inappropriate touching of a player, kissed a player on the neck. Can't do that. Uh, pretty obvious that that's inappropriate to do for uh, to a player when you're in a position of power, especially as as an assistant coach. It is, I mean, this is, seems to be par for the course for the NWSL, which is absolutely disgusting. I I wish the reports had stopped. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when exactly this happened, but but if this action happened after all of these Sally Yates reports came out and these assistant coaches still feel comfortable, just plainly inappropriate, I don't know what it's going to take for for coaches in this league to realize there's a appropriate way and it's not even like a gray area i mean it's pretty black and white you can't kiss a player on the neck like if like at all and not only that but it was uh it was not asked for it was entirely inappropriate what were you guys thoughts like these coaches just need to realize that actions have consequences and I don't know if they're really taking these consequences seriously. Like you can get fired left and right. You can like destroy your reputation, but it's like almost like they just don't care. I don't, I just yeah, don't the understand is why not, it's still going. The threat of them being fired is not stopping them from doing it. it. And that's what just really like makes me like the most like upset about all of this because it's just like these players are still dealing with this every single day. Meanwhile, these coaches are still kind of just like, sitting in their positions of power, thinking they can get away with anything. Like, what else is happening behind closed doors? That's what I just can't help but think about. Yeah, it's definitely sad. And I think that when you have all the Sally Yates stuff going on, it's, like, crazy that things like this are still happening. Yeah. Um, Like you guys said, it's like the threat of being fired isn't enough, which is crazy to me. But, you know, I guess they just don't care but it's like it's your job it's it's just a very strange thing and it's so sad to see and I hope that again the thorns can go for a while without having any sad news come out of there yeah and I think when when we're looking at this we can kind of get in like a bubble of seeing how that affects like the NWSL Mm -hmm. but if you really look at this from a factual standpoint these are crimes that are being committed, like legitimate right. crimes, mm-hmm. like outside of this league. If this happened, people would be going to jail for this. I mean, 
a whole nother conversation about how our justice system is not the best, uh, especially for for victims of assault, uh, women victims of assault. But again, that is a conversation for uh, for another day, another podcast. Um, but it's it's gross. It's illegal. It shouldn't be happening. And I think it really points to the ownership at this point. Mm-hmm. Like the owner obviously knew about things going things that happened in the past so you know until until the ownership changes and that that new owner really sets a new precedent i don't know to what level of uh urgency things are going to change and it's unfortunate that this is kind of the problem we're dealing with we shouldn't have to be talking about you know when will people finally realize that you can't Mm -hmm. inappropriately touch a player when especially if you're in a position of power but Hopefully, fingers crossed, we've been saying this every time we talk about the NWSL's issues, that hopefully things change in the future, in the near future, and I guess that same message is unfortunately going to have to be how we end this segment. Um, But moving over to the WNBA, some other unfortunate, you know, I mean, this is the nature of having a women's sports podcast. I mean, things like this happen all the time. Derricka Hemley was traded from the Las Vegas Aces to the LA Sparks, however, the reasons behind it are upsetting. I'm going to read the statement she posted on Instagram. Being traded as part of the business, being lied to, bullied, manipulated, and discriminated against is not. I've had my character and work ethic attacked. I was promised things to entice me to sign my contract extension that were not followed through on. I was accused of signing my extension knowingly pregnant. This is false. I was told that I was a quote question mark and that it was said that I would get pregnant again. And there was a concern for my level of commitment to the team. I was told that I, quote, didn't hold up my end of the bargain because, quote, no one expected me to get pregnant in the next two years. Did the team expect me to promise not to get pregnant in exchange for a contract extension? I was asked if I planned my pregnancy. I mean, it, it goes on pr- basically to the uh, to the overall message of she was traded because she got pregnant and blamed for getting pregnant, said that her her being with child is a reflection on her commitment to the team, which, you know, is disgusting. I mean, it is so gross. What Taylor, when you're reading this, what are you thinking? I just could not like feel anything other than disappointment. And I feel absolutely terrible for Hamby. Like she was just like such a big part of the aces squad and they just once again like you see with easter like she's just thrown to the side for literally just wanting to go and have a family like you can't be expecting all these athletes to put away other hopes and dreams all for the game it's just really disappointing and like when i was reading about this i just like couldn't help but think about like the allison felix pregnancy controversy from a couple years back so she's a very famous sprinter um and a couple of years ago, she she got pregnant with her her baby Cammy, and Nike threatened to cut her pay by seventy percent because she was pregnant. And she was like, "Yeah, no, I'm not gonna get disrespected by that." So she dropped Nike, and now she signed with Athleta, and she's like still fighting for like pregnant athletes, like the importance of having like like still being able to have a family while you're competing. And she had this like like she wrote this in 2019 for the New York Times. If we have children, we risk pay cuts from our sponsors during pregnancy and afterward. It's one example of a sports industry where the rules are still mostly made for and by men. And it just goes to show that women are just still being disrespected for just like wanting to have a child. Like you want to bring life into the world, but yet you shouldn't have to put aside your dreams to do that. And I think the biggest thing is like, men don't have to deal with that exactly they can they can have a hundred kids and 
perfect or they can father a hundred kids and not have any kind of pay discrepancy pay cut whatsoever and women shouldn't have to deal with that just for simple biology like it if a woman wants to have a child they should be able to have a child without getting a pay cut you don't i mean i know it's it's somewhat different but a lot of times you don't see that happening in in business you have paid maternity leave where you're getting the same amount of money i know it's in athletics but the same the same vision should be held because at the same of the day it's the same idea it's a woman wanting to have a family and every every woman is well within their rights to do that no matter what their occupation is she has a right to get paid she has a right to not be bullied to not be accused of not taking the team seriously because she wants to have a family i mean that's a huge decision Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if she wants to have a family that should be understood across the board no matter what yeah exactly i think this can go back to the conversation of just like you know we talk about it with like mental health I think a lot of teams and even a lot of you know fans see athletes as kind of just these robots who go out there and play but they have lives they have families they want to have families they go through emotions and you know obviously them trading Dierica Hamby isn't necessarily illegal but it's out of line and she shouldn't have had to be bullied simply because she wants to be a person she wants to have a family she's not just a basketball player she is a woman first and then an athlete and I think a lot of times these organizations forget that and it's it's a shame yeah and I have like one more thing to add like the team staff just openly like describing how they just didn't believe in her, like saying, oh, she's not taking the workout seriously. Oh, she's not going to be able to come back after this pregnancy, which is false. I'm going to make another Felix connection. She went out and got the bronze medal in the 400 meters at the Olympics after having her kid. Mm-hmm. Cammy was in the stands watching her mom do that. Women can come back from pregnancy yeah. and compete just as well, if not better. Like, afterwards, and, like, having this team, like, talk down on Hamby and just assume, like, oh, she's not going to come back. Oh, she's not going to play well, like, while pregnant or after pregnancy. That's just an assumption that yeah. you are not you are not in the place to make. That is up to her. And I believe, like, you can come back and play as well. Well, the thing is, she's already a mother. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's proven that yeah. she can come back from pregnancy and still thrive. So that's why it's very confusing to me, and it makes it makes it even more shameful. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you see it across the board in all women's sports. It's not it's not a new thing that women that fe- female athletes want to have children. And across the board, I mean, women are coming back strong. It's not like it's tearing an ACL. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so many athletes. I mean, look at Crystal Dunn, Julie Ertz, you know, it's not a, a death sentence to your to your athletic career. And the fact that that's already been proven in the past and women are still dealing with this is is really awful and and speaking of things women specifically are having to deal with we're going to talk about brianna stewart she tweeted recently that she is willing to i would love to be a this is her quote from her tweet i would love to be a part of a deal that helps subsidize charter travel for the entire wnba i would contribute my nl nil post post production hours to ensure that we all have travel in a way that prioritizes player health and safety which ultimately results in a better product who's with me and the response to this has been incredible. I mean, some of the people who have also agreed to contribute, contribute Elena Deladon, Sue Bird, and Yako Gumake, Paige Beckers, and then NBA superstar John Morant. Um, and I think starting with John Morant here, it's so important for men athletes to understand the privilege that they have and, and try and use that to, to help women's sports. And I think John has been uh, really, I mean, I am from Memphis, so just full <laughs> bias, dis- full, full, <laughs> 
uh, putting it out there. I am from Memphis, so I'm familiar <laughs> with things John Morant does more than the average person. But Jot goes to uh, Aces games. He's a huge fan of the WNBA, huge supporter. And I think more athletes who play in men's sports should be stepping up to this plate as well because like, I'm just not – I'm just sick of hearing that, that the WNBA is not as good as the, as the NBA. I mean, like, they have their own things that are very fun to watch. And if you ask me, I would rather watch the WNBA – than the NBA and and not that the NBA is bad. I mean, I love watching the NBA. I just love basketball. There are people out there who enjoy watching the WNBA and the numbers prove that. And there's a lot of other reasons that go into why the numbers don't super match the NBA. Uh, things like media exposure, but again, that is a whole nother thing. I I think more athlete, more NBA athletes specifically need to step up in support of the NBA. So it's a WNBA. So it's really good to see John Morant doing this. Yeah. And I, I'm going to continue on like that flight thing. I was mm-hmm. just shocked that these WNBA players don't have their own flights. They fly commercial. They fly they, commercial. They like fly Southwest. It, it just, Crazy. it gets better and better. I don't understand. But I think Brianna Stewart being the person to kind of spearhead this conversation is huge because honestly, like everybody is talking about her right now because she's a free agent. Yeah. No one knows where she's going to go. She keeps tweeting like all these cryptic emojis i'm like anxiously reach i'm like where's she gonna go where's she gonna go where's she gonna go so her like tweeting this and like kind of bringing attention to the issue is huge for the WNBA and I really hope we can see some change like pretty soon yeah definitely I think that it's very important that she brings awareness to this I didn't even know that they had to take commercial flights I just kind of assumed like they're professional athletes obviously they're going to take a charter flight but I guess not um and then I think this can even go back to like the conversation we just had about you know mothers in the WNBA if they have their own own charter flights Teams can make accommodations for mothers. And, yeah. you know, another big part of this conversation was that perhaps that if she had been on a charter flight, the Brittany Griner situation would have never happened. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's a safety and comfort thing. And as I said, I was shocked to find out that they didn't take charter flights because they're professional athletes. And I think some change needs to be made soon. I know it's definitely like a funds thing, but, you know, I think that's something you can find the funds for because it's all about player safety and, you know, how comfortable they are. And I think that'll help the end product of the WNBA. I mean, Fordham charters flights for yeah, their athletes. Yeah. Like, Jesus. I'd, like, I'd <laughs> it's like the college athletes almost get like the better funding and stuff. Like, you're seeing yeah. that with them, but then they go to the professional level and it's like they're almost like receiving like less. I'm not going to uh, down on Fordham Athletics in any way, shape, or form. We love Fordham Athletics. We love our Rams. We love, we love the Rams. We are such big fans Rams. of the Rams. Roll Rams. But... These athletes who are currently like on our women's basketball team are fighting for the chance to join the WNBA. Yeah. So the fact that at the same time they're getting on charter flights and working their tails off to have a chance to play in the WNBA where then they'd have to take like Southwest or a United flight is is mind boggling yeah. to me. And the other thing is they have the opportunity to upgrade within these charter flights, but it has to come out of their own pocket. Like they have That's to pay crazy. for their own upgrades. So if they don't want to sit, you know, in, in commercial to go play a professional basketball game, they have to pay themselves to go do that. And the, the commissioner of the league has said, if we get it sponsored or funded in some way, I'm all years. I've gotten lots of calls over the past year about this since we've been back in our 12 markets then when people would price it out, you never hear from them again. So, I mean, it is 
to play devil's advocate just for a second, it is a tough situation for for Engelbert, the WNBA commissioner, because at the end of the day, if there's not funds, where are you getting them from? But I think it should be prioritized in such a way like there is a solution like there someone is going to sponsor like there is a solution out there i think just pursuing that with fire is the best way to go about this until it gets done because at the end of the day it's just unacceptable for for these athletes to be taking commercial airlines to go play professional basketball games Mm -hmm. so that is my opinion on that we are going to end this with some fun talk. This is, I'll admit, this episode is not exactly <sighs> cheerful and optimistic, but it's my favorite time of the year. Well, that might be a stretch, but one of my favorite times of the year, it's Oscar season, the Oscar nominees draft. Before I give my opinion, Taylor, we'll start with you. Well, you see the nominations. What are you thinking? I will admit I haven't seen any of the movies yet, <laughs> but I will. I promise. Um, we'll have movie nights. Well, I'm actually very excited. Angela Bassett was like nominated for Best Supporting yep. Actress. She's the first Marvel actress. I'll get to that. Yeah. To snap a nom for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which is super exciting. Um, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm actually planning on watching it this week. Everything, everywhere, all at once, like scooped up. Like I think so it was 11 good. nominations, which is so Such exciting to see. Um, maybe I overthought. Like I was kind of surprised to see Avatar: The Way of the Water nominated for Best Picture because I feel like I've heard like. Not, I don't want to say like mixed things about it because like everyone I've like talked to like they're like oh it's a really good movie but it's just is it Oscar worthy I don't know yeah I thought the same thing about uh Top Gun Maverick being nominated <laughs> which I love that movie I think I saw it a few times um and it was it was a fun movie but I don't I didn't think it was like best picture worthy um and then another thing I wanted to mention was Austin Butler being nominated uh, for best actor in a leading role. Proceed with caution. For, I am, I am oh, from Memphis. I'm from Memphis. Oh, Proceed with caution. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I, this is like one of the only Oscar nominated films I saw this year was the Elvis movie. Um, I did not enjoy it. I thought that they talked too much about, th- I, <laughs> I'm going to get to it, Julia. Don't <laughs> boo me yet. Um, I thought the beginning was really good, like the lead up to his career, but then they like got to his downfall like in the last 20 sec like 20 minutes and then it was over which i guess you don't want it to all be super negative but um i don't know i just didn't really enjoy it and i thought a lot of the visuals like they were trying too hard to be artsy um but i think the costumes were fun and i definitely learned a lot about elvis and i i liked elvis better as a person after seeing it so i'll give you that i i appreciate it and i know i just like was very all talk about being from Memphis. I have not seen Elvis yet. Uh, um, Julia, you're not a true Memphis resident. I I am a true Memphis resident. I I'm not gonna pull out my Memphis credentials here, but my I want to see the proof. I I have a tattoo of the state of Tennessee, so I guess that could be that could be some proof. I it's on me forever. But Oscars, my thoughts. Like you said with Angela Bassett, I wasn't expecting it. I was hopeful because. Uh, Wakanda Forever was a pretty good movie. I wouldn't say in the ranks of the other Marvels, I wouldn't rank it in the top five or say that it was as good as Black Panther, but Angela Bassett stole the show, stole the movie, rather. And I'm so happy that that's being recognized. First Marvel actor to be nominated for uh, Oscar uh, in that category, so I was so thrilled. Paul Meskel, I'm a huge fan of him. I haven't seen the movie he's in yet, but I do love him as an actor. So I'm going to, uh, I haven't been to the movie theater very much. And a lot of these movies are, um, surprisingly enough, like theater releases. Mm-hmm. And 
it, I'm a busy person. It's hard <laughs> for me to get to a movie theater. I have a lot, a lot of stuff to do during the day. So I'm, I'm really like a, a streaming movie person. And we'll, we'll also get to that in a mm-hmm. second, streaming versus theaters. But overall, I was pretty happy with, with the way things were for the Oscars. I'm very excited to watch it. Um, I'm rooting for Angela Bassett. Oh, Kate Blanchett as well and Tar. Um, I actually did see that. It is an incredible movie. Definitely like a slow burn. Like You really have to stick with it. Um, it's it's very fulfilling in the end. Incredible movie. And Kate Blanchett's just absolutely incredible. Probably my top three favorite actresses. But switching over a little bit in the topic of movies here, a little two-part fun <laughs> way to end the segment. Annabelle and I were talking pre-show. We were talking about how, you know, there's really nothing like going to a theater, like with streaming. Like I know I just said that I don't have time to go to a theater, but when I do, I do prefer seeing movies in movie theaters. And I feel like Weirdly enough, people aren't on the same same page. So, Annabelle, we'll start with you. What is your what is your opinion on the streaming versus movie theater conversation? I love going to the movie theater. I said this pre-show. I'm not a huge movie person, but I'm more inclined to go see a movie when it's at the theater. I love getting my buttery popcorn, my blue slushy, and just going and watching. I think it makes you kind of more locked into the movie. I think when I'm streaming something like at home, I get distracted by my roommates and yeah. homework and whatever else. What's your favorite movie candy? <sighs> I like Bunch of Crunch. Ooh. The little clusters. Ooh, I, like that. I, like, I like that answer. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. So I think that's part of it is you get your fun little treat and you go and you kind of have to watch or else you like or else it's rude. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess that's why I like the movie theater versus streaming. My favorite movie theater candy. I have been standing on. Honestly, I was talking to you about it yesterday. The Sweet Tart Mini Chews. Oh, they those are good. Are hey, godly taylor, taylor bought them <laughs> however i ended up eating half of them yeah uh, and they were so sorry taylor beforehand. they're like oh these look weird and then they're eating and they're like oh, oh i didn't so, say that you didn't but the others were. i knew what i was getting into <laughs> i knew they were good i think i i man i could go on a tangent about how good these mini chews are i'll keep it brief just, but just title it all in mini chews <laughs> exactly all in on the mini chews i like i i get the i used to get them all the time when i went to the theater but i honestly i don't think i honestly cannot remember the last time i've been like i remember the last i originally thought that the last movie i saw in the theater before the pandemic hit was cats oh god because me and my friends went and saw it as a joke and i completely forgot i had also seen frozen 2 like a week later because like just cats was seared in my mind oh my god and it yeah it was terrifying i that might be the one of the worst movies i've ever seen but to kind of tie it all up the movie theater is an experience it is something you're gonna remember am i gonna remember sitting on my couch and just watching no not really like i'm honestly really bad at like forcing myself to like sit down at home and like put a movie on because i'm like oh i could be doing better stuff with my time and yet i still sit in bed and scroll on tiktok for a couple hours so like uh I don't really know what I'm doing with my life. Anyway, but yeah, I, you know, I think the movie theater, now I'm motivated to go back. I want, I do want to see some of the new movies There's and stuff. There's one right near LC, so you can just take the Ram van, go to the AMC. I think we should The Lincoln it. Center Plus. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I'm about to drop some information that I don't think any of you guys know about me. I, Is all she from present. Memphis? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I, my very first job was actually at a movie theater. <gasps> wow. So That's fun. yeah, I worked at a movie theater for about a year, a little bit over a year, and I got free movies. So I saw a lot from the, from the year 2017 to mid 2018. I saw just about every movie that was released. Wow. Oh, nice. So I I think that experience definitely is a factor into into my 
emphatic support of movie theaters over streaming because like you said streaming there's too many there's too many other things you can Mm -hmm. be looking at like scrolling on tiktok all of that and it's just i mean it's just i mean i know you have to pay to go in i mean there's other things i understand people want to save money they're already paying for hbo max showtime whatever but I say pay the money. Like yeah. it's an experience. experience. It's, it's expensive. <laughs> That's when you know it's real. It's expensive for a reason. There is nothing like sitting down and watching the Nicole Kidman AMC <laughs> promo. Yes. Like you can't replace that with the Netflix don't dong. Like <laughs> there there is nothing like it. I am huge on on the movie theater. I need to go more often. I have just been so busy, and I think that's a reason a lot of people don't go uh, a lot anymore. But that is going to wrap up. What a great way to end that in that uh, in the show. Support your local theaters. Yes, <laughs> they need yes, it. yes. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Tune in next week. We have a, actually we have a very special interview next week. Ryan Ruka will be joining Woo! the show. Huge. All in is a production of WFUV Sports.